welcome to Menopause in the Kitchen, where we talk all things food and nutrition for women in their midlife years. I'm Rachel Cooper, dietitian and food lover, with a passion for sharing information about nutrition in practical ways, so that you can take what you need and implement it into your lifestyle. Join me in my kitchen as I share bite-sized chunks of information to help you nourish your body and thrive in your midlife years and beyond. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm really pleased to be back having a chat with you today and today's episode uh, is going to be about wearable tracking devices and apps because um, you know that there are a lot of those out there at the moment and even if you buy like an Apple Watch or something like that it has Um, like standard features in it that will track certain things like your step count and so on. And so I just wanted to have a talk about those sorts of devices and invite you to have a bit of a reflection um, about whether you think they are helpful to you and what sort of an effect it has on how you feel about yourself and also what effect it has on your behaviors. So um, I'm certainly not here to demonize them and say, oh, you definitely shouldn't be um, using any of those, you know, don't buy them or, you know, deactivate all of them. Um, But I, I just, I think they can be helpful in some ways and for some people, Uh, But I guess one of the concerns I have is that because they are so readily available now, and like I said, they come standard with a lot of things that devices that we buy, wearable devices and so on, um, that I just want, I just want to encourage you to not sort of do the default of, oh, well, it's on there, so I'm just going to use it or I'm just going to, you know, my, um, um, tr- see if it can be uh, helpful for me without really thinking through how it's really making you feel. So I think the default is that it's there, I'm just going to use it um, rather than is this what is helpful to me right now. So uh, let's Let's sort of talk a little bit about the devices themselves first. I'm by no means an expert. In fact, I don't even have one. (laughs) Um, Probably for a few reasons. One of them may be because I don't feel that a lot of the things are helpful for me personally. Um, But, you know, I don't have a a smartwatch. I have a what I would call a dumb watch. (laughs) I call it my dumb watch. It literally is like an uh, a standard watch with, you know, um, clock hands and, uh, well, it doesn't even actually have a second hand, just just the, the normal hands. Um, and it's not digital in any way. It is not smart in any way, but it's what I like. For me, my watch is just, I just want to know the time. I'm not really interested in all the other features of a smartwatch. I will pick up my phone if I want to 
check my messages or things like that. But I certainly don't like I, I know a lot of people who have them and they find it really helpful and really useful depending on your lifestyle. I, I, I Like I said, I'm not saying I'm um, against them in any way. I personally don't use it. Um, and I certainly don't have any kind of Fitbit or any other sort of wearable device that um, I put on to track anything. Um, I have used them in the past, though. I, I will say that, that I have used like step counters and things like that in the past. Um and maybe I will share when we when we talk about the sorts of things I'd like you to think about and reflect, I might share my experience with that and what I felt that was like for me. And again, it's very personal. Like I said, it's really personal. And that's why all I'm doing is offering you up some, some ideas and questions and things to reflect on to see whether it's uh, something that is helpful for you. But, you know, for me, I actually found that it wasn't. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I guess to be aware of with things like that is the accuracy of them. Um, Now, you know, depending on what your goals are of what you do, I mean, the accuracy may not really matter. Um, And, you know, I guess unless you're doing some kind of very specific uh, thing that you need to have a a certain distance or a certain whatever, um, the the accuracy probably doesn't really matter. It's a guide. But I guess what I really want to highlight is that there are a lot of limitations to these devices. Um, And I will talk about apps here as well. I'll sort of lump it all in together. But there are a lot of apps that um, on your phone that you can get that might sort of track things like step count and so on. But then, of course, there are those apps that you can track your food, um, calories, etc. So I'm kind of lumping these all in together here. Um, there are a lot of limitations. So I think being aware that there are limitations with these, that it is not gospel. It's not 100% accurate in any way. In fact, I was reading that they have done some um, – quite a bit of research on these wearable devices um, specifically. Um, And more recently, I I was sort of reading an article about um, the accuracy. So they they looked at all the the research um, on these devices um, to find out how accurate they were. And just out of interest, um, what they found was the most studied wearable device was a Fitbit. Although I'd say maybe... um, like the smart watches that might start to increase in the future because um, I guess Fitbit's been around for, you know, a lot longer. Um, So most of the research that was done on step count um, and they actually found that step count was fairly accurate with most of them. Um, so, uh, So that's interesting. And the other thing that they often measure is um, heart rate. And I think across the board, most of them were, you know, relatively accurate in terms of heart rate. And the other thing is energy expenditure. And that was where there was a lot uh, less accuracy. So there was a lot of wide variation in energy expenditure. Um, And in fact, less than 10% were with 
within acceptable limits. So you really can't rely on that. Not that as a non-dietitian, as you would know, it's something that I would be recommending we focus on anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, I just think it's interesting that the, uh, the studies show that they're not actually very accurate anyway in terms of your energy expenditure, so how many calories burned and so on. Um, again, it's not something I promote as uh, something that we should be tracking for many, many reasons. And if you've heard me speak before, and I'm sure I'll talk more about it in the future, um, I don't think that that's helpful at all uh, in terms of um, how you might feel about yourself and how it might change the way you eat in a negative um, sense. And uh, I guess the, the apps where you can track calories and, and things like that. Um, the the limitations, I guess, to be aware of there is that the fact that one, the apps are made by different com- companies from different countries and you need to think about what kind of foods they're including because different country foods will vary in um, their nutrient content. Um, and then the other thing really is that it's all an estimate Anyway, when you're estimating how, how much you're eating or, or whatever, it's it's all it's all an estimate. I mean, unless and I know I know sometimes this can be the case, particularly in diet culture, where sometimes people are weighing what they're eating to get an accurate picture, and of course, not something that I recommend. Um, because what you're doing there is you're using an external. Um, Thing to control or decide how much and what you're eating. Whereas I tend to uh, encourage you to look within and listen to your body and think about what you actually would like to eat and how much you'd like to eat based on that, that day. And I think, you know, tracking calories or macros or whatever it might be can be really really harmful for some people. In fact, it'd be very harmful for some people and really um, uh, lead to disordered eating for, for some people. Um, but also, you know, and I'm going to talk more about uh, diets and diet culture um, in future podcasts, but, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make you feel good about yourself in a lot of, in a lot of sense. Um, so, th- One thing I do want to say, though, in terms of these apps is they actually can be useful for some people. I think the technology is amazing that we have now. And for some circumstances and for some people, in fact, you know, this 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 technology is really, really useful and really, really helpful. So I can give you some examples here. Obviously, if you are an athlete or someone that is training for something very specific, maybe a specific distance or something like that, where you're training and you need to measure or track your distance so that you know you know that you're going to be able to achieve whatever it is that you're training for, they can be really um, helpful and for athletes and people who are training for events and things like that where heart rate might be really important and um, the, the technology is wonderful for some people. Um, for the everyday person, 
you know, I, I personally don't know um, how useful it might be, but um, I think in certain circumstances, um, for some people, it, that having that technology to track how far they've gone and their average speed and, and things like that um, can actually be really, really helpful. And these wearable devices make it so much easier. The other thing um, that I was thinking about in terms of who else could could these things be useful for is, um, you know, there, there are certain times with people that, um, for example, say someone with type 1 diabetes who is on an insulin pump or injecting insulin. Um, so they're, they're matching the insulin to the food that they're eating. So rather than having a set amount at each meal, what they do is they can adjust their insulin based on what they're eating, whether they're having a, a, a larger meal with more carbohydrate or less or, or so on. And so for people in those situations, if you're about to eat a meal and you've got to calculate, you know, roughly how much carbohydrate am I having? So then you know how much insulin you need to have. Um, these sorts of, you know, apps, so the, the apps that will um, give you the carbohydrate content of foods and things like that can be really, really useful and make life so much easier for people in those situations. So that's why I don't demonize them and say they're horrible, don't use them, you know, they should never exist because I actually think in some circumstances that technology is really, really changing people's lives and helping them to live um, the life that they they live, you know, whether it's to do with exercise or whether it's um, and, and sort of, uh, um, you know, training for some kind of athletic event or, or whatever it might be, or if it's for a medical condition like diabetes, sometimes actually these things can be really, really helpful. So that's why I don't want to have that blanket, God, never, ever use it. Um, However, I do think that these apps are very, very entrenched in diet culture and diet culture has jumped on these sorts of apps and said, you know, we should be using these because tracking, tracking your steps, tracking your distance, tracking your calories, macros, whatever you might want to be tracking is how you can restrict or enhance your movement to lose weight and um, so it comes from a place of control um, and a, a place of using external factors to decide what it is that you're going to do what you're going to eat or how you're going to exercise or move or so on and I've seen some really disturbing things um you know, on social media and things like that, where, you know, someone, and I, and I hear this in every day as well, where someone is tracking their steps and they're trying to get their 10,000 steps or whatever it is they're aiming for per day. And they get to the end of the day and haven't quite reached it. So then they're up walking around their backyard or the lounge room or whatever, trying to get these steps up. Now, <laughs> Is that really just to get to that number? And this is, I think, guess one of the things I really want you to think about when it comes to these devices is, are you focusing so much on those numbers? What do those numbers mean to you? 
and how do they make you feel and what are they doing to um, your behaviors? And if you are feeling guilty that you haven't reached those 10,000 steps and so you're up walking around your lounge room or whatever, trying to, or going out, uh, you know, (laughs) at night time in the freezing cold just to get your next 500 steps or whatever because you didn't quite get there. If those numbers are controlling how you live and what you're doing, I want you to just ask yourself what ha- you know is is that good for you you know is that helpful um for some people i can see that maybe if you are quite sedentary during the day that having some kind of a step counter might help you kind of remind yourself to oh get up go for a walk have a stretch do you know move your body a little bit um but I guess there's also other ways that you could do that. I, I think I think what I want to challenge you to do is think about what what am I using this for and why? Uh, what do the numbers mean? I mean, are those numbers controlling me in some way? Are they really making me feel bad about about myself if I haven't reached a certain number? Or and I'll give an example here of when I did wear a wearable like step device I think it was a Fitbit I think it was quite a number of years ago Um, and that was when I was working full-time at the time I was working full-time five days a week in a job where I sat at a desk in an office every day for five days and I just found for myself um, and then of course working full-time having a had a young family at the time life was just busy and I wasn't getting the movement I wasn't moving my body um in as much as I would like because my body was feeling really stiff and sore and I just wasn't feeling feeling good and energetic in my body and so I wore one of these because uh it did remind me when I'd been sitting for a certain amount of time and it was um I guess a reminder for me that I'd look at, at um, say, the, the numbers and kind of go, oh, gosh, yeah, I, I have not got up and moved my body enough today. I need to go for a bit of a walk or I need to do several walks up to the photocopier or whatever it might be. Um, I wasn't so focused on the numbers in that I had to get to a certain number by the end of the day. I'm just not that type of person that does not motivate me at all. In fact, I'm likely to just give up (laughs) if I have something where I've got to reach a certain number or whatever, but it's just not something that motivates me. For me, it was more just a reminder thing that I would get so engrossed in my work and I would forget that I hadn't gotten up for some time. So I would look at it and go, oh goodness, it's flashing red or, you know, whatever. Um, Notice how they do red to say bad, bad, red, red. Anyway, that was just a thought that came to my head. But, you know, it would sort of flash at me to say, you know, you actually haven't got up and moved for a while. And I did find it helpful 
at that time in that situation because my lifestyle had changed so much and I really was struggling to get up and um, remove and move my body and I just forget because I didn't normally sit at a desk five days a week so it was a very different um uh lifestyle for me it was it was only short term but um so for me it was helpful in that particular sense but I also didn't let it control me because sometimes I had a day of meeting after meeting after meeting and sometimes I would sit in a meeting and look down and it was flashing at me saying you know you haven't moved you got to get up and move and I'm like well I can't I am in the middle of a meeting uh, and yes you could say well should you know you should have walking meetings blah blah, blah. The, the reality is that most places don't have that <laughs> uh, and I wasn't always necessarily the um, organizer of the meeting. I was just attending meetings. And um, so I didn't let that control me or make me feel bad because I was like, well, today I've got a lot of meetings. Yeah, I know I haven't moved. It's okay. Um, I'll do some later. (laughs) Uh, So I I didn't sort of let it kind of really rule my world. Um, But it was handy in in that situation where I was sitting at a desk five days a week. I've not used it since. <laughs> I can tell you that much now. I've I've sort of, you know, I found other ways to remind myself to move. And uh, on the positive side, I'm very lucky that I've been working from home for a number of years and my yoga mat sits on the floor beside my desk and, and that is my reminder um, for me to get up, uh, go and have a stretch, do some movement or get outside and go for a walk or, or whatever it might be. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm telling that story because sometimes in certain situations they may be helpful. But what I want you to think about is are those numbers – and they are arbitrary numbers. I did read somewhere and I can't even remember the exact details and I didn't go in uh, and research to see if this was true or not. But there was some something, someone that shared, and I've seen it several times, that that 10,000 step, um, you know, recommendation that that's what people are meant to do um, every day came from and I can't quite remember what it came from but it was something quite ridiculous and had nothing to do with you know um, normal people and health and you know all the rest of it but it, it was some kind of arbitrary thing that then got adopted as a 10,000 thing that we all should be aiming for so I think we need to think about the numbers and what they mean and what does it mean for you and does getting to the 10,000 doesn't matter if you're a bit short of the 10,000 steps that day you know it, it is it gonna? Is it really gonna make that much of a difference if you get up and do those extra two hundred steps or whatever it might be? Um, so think about what those numbers are, are doing to you and how it is. What what is it doing to how you think about yourself and your movement and um, and also you you know if you're tracking things that are around energy expenditure, what does that do to your behaviors around food? Is it making you feel bad about eating food because you feel like you haven't burnt off enough calories to deserve it? And I always say that you can eat no matter what. It does, you know, you don't have to burn off calories and you don't have to earn anything that you eat. You just, you eat because we have to eat. We've got to nourish our bodies and we've got to fuel our bodies. Um, But if you are finding that those numbers that you, that is changing your behavior around food and you're thinking, well, I didn't do enough steps today. I didn't burn off enough energy today. 
I better eat less tonight. If you're noticing those things, then I want you to really think about how helpful this device is and whether it is uh, um, like that external, those external numbers and those external things that you are tracking and looking at is influencing how you feel about your eating and about yourself. So that's something I'd really like you to think about. You know, how does it make you feel? How do those numbers make you feel? Are they motivating or are they just making you feel crap about yourself? Because I know, I'm sure, there are people out there who when they look at the numbers and see they haven't done as much as they should, and again, um, that word should, if that keeps coming up, I I would really question (laughs) whether these sorts of things are going to be helpful for you. Um, you know, if you haven't reached those numbers, if you didn't get your 10,000 steps or whatever it is, how does it make you feel about yourself? And if it's making you feel bad about yourself and you're beating yourself up, is that really how you want to feel? Is that motivating to you? Because from experience and from, you know, I've worked with a lot, a lot of people one-on-one when they feel bad about themselves, they generally are not going to look after themselves. So if something's making you feel horrible, um, generally it has the opposite effect to what you might think. Um, the other thing I'd like you to think about is um, the word should, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier. If you are doing something, even if you don't particularly want to, so if you get to the end of the day and you haven't done your steps and you're tired, you have had a long day, you're exhausted and you just want to put your feet up and that is what your body is telling you, but your device is telling you you've still got several more hundred steps to go and you think, oh God, I should just get up and get to my 10,000 steps then you need to stop and think about whether this is helpful for you. If it is stopping you from listening to your body, then that's not a good thing. Um, if it's if it's making you change your behaviours in a way that doesn't feel good to you, then these, these devices are not helpful for you. So if you're doing something just because you feel you should or because the device is telling you that you haven't done enough or whatever, despite the fact that your body is telling you the opposite, then maybe you need to rethink whether this is something that you should continue to wear or use. So that's that's really I have all I have to say. <laughs> About, I think it's really individual about whether you feel these devices are helpful for you or not. But I really, really encourage you to not just do the default and go, well, that they come standard on my Apple Watch or, you know, that everyone's using them and this is what I'm just going to do it. Or, you know, this is, it's on here and it says that this is how much, well, or it says that this is how much you should be moving. Um, then that's what I should be doing. No, you need to listen to your body. So if you're going to use it in a way that might help you or remind you 
to move your body because I know that sometimes listening to your body is not easy. And I gave the example of when I was working five days a week in an office because I was working and and it was really busy and I was at that computer trying to get things done. I would quite easily forget to move my body and I would be so stiff and sore and my body did not feel good because my back was hurting me, my shoulders and neck were hurting me Um, and that was because I just wasn't moving enough. So, you know, in that sense, it was helping me by reminding me and cutting through that time where I was really engrossed in what I was doing and, and, and helping me to stop and kind of check in with my body. So if it's doing that, if it's, if it's a device or, or a thing that helps you to stop and reflect and think and check in with your body and what it needs, then I think it can be helpful. It can help break some of those um, habits that we have, but also help us to stop and, and listen. I know that it also, many of those smartwatches will also remind you to stop and have those like deep breaths and, and that mindful moment. I think that's wonderful. And this is what I mean. This is why I don't want to say that they're, they're wrong because I think in fact, for some people, they really can be helpful. So maybe think about that device and, and how, how you're using it and is it are you using it in a way that feels positive for you and maybe you could use it in a way that feels positive for you if right now it's not feeling that way Uh, so like I said maybe it could be a way to help remind you to stop and check in and that's something I just say that if if it's flashing at you and telling you something I want you to look at it, but not take it by face value and go, I have to do da, da, da. It's telling me I need to do da, da, da. I want you to actually stop and use it as a, oh, okay, thank you, watch. I'm now going to check in with my body and see what it feels like. Does it need to move because I've been sitting at a desk for too long and my back's feeling sore? Is it, is it that I do, I am feeling a bit stressed and a bit uptight and I need to stop and take a few deep breaths and take a bit of a mindful moment. So if we use it in that way, I think it can actually be quite helpful. So that could be like a bit of a reframe that rather than using it as face value, that it is telling you you, what you must do, which really... (laughs) It's like a diet. Basically, a diet tells you this is when you should eat. This is what you should eat. This is how much you should exercise. And this is when you should do it. We don't want our watch to replicate that, do we? But what it could be is just a gentle reminder to go, oh, okay, thanks watch or thanks phone or whatever it might be. Now I'm just going to check in with my body and I'm just going to see what it feels and feels like and what it needs. And maybe that is movement. Maybe it is I need to get up and do some stretching or go for a walk. Um, maybe I do need to take some a few deep breaths. So that's where we can reframe and use it in a way that is helpful to us. So they're my thoughts on wearable tracking devices and apps. Um, I'd really love to know what you think about it. If you wear a smartwatch or use any of these devices or apps, 
Um, I'd love to know how you use it. I'd love to know if um, on reflection you find that maybe it's not making you feel as good as as you thought um, and maybe it's not as helpful to you as you thought. And if that's the case, you know, I invite you to maybe think about putting it in a drawer for a few days or so and just kind of seeing how that feels without it. So lots to think about there, but I really, really would love to hear your feedback. Um, send me a, an email or a DM over on um, Instagram or Facebook. Um, I'd love to, to, to hear what you think. Uh, I might actually post a few things on Instagram um, this coming week uh, as well, just to sort of see what people have to say about this. I'm really interested because like I said, I don't really, I don't have a smartwatch and I don't really use them, but I'm really interested to know uh, how other people feel about these and um, whether it's actually helpful for you or whether maybe with these reflections that I've sort of suggested today um, might change your mind about them a little or maybe you might decide to use them in a in a different way like I said maybe it could just be a prompt to check in with your body all right thank you so much for listening and I will be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode just a reminder that if you're enjoying the podcast and you like these episodes to um click follow or um subscribe depending on where you um, listen to your podcast because that really means that you will find out when the latest uh, episode has is out so you'll get a notification and it also helps uh, other people find the podcast so I'd love to be able to share this information far and wide and also just a reminder that um, if you want some further information in terms of menopause nutrition, um, I have a blog over on my website with some um, articles I'm, I'm adding to them on, on a regular basis. Uh, so if you want to know a little bit more about different menopause nutrition topics, head over to my website. The link will be down in the show notes um, and have a read. And I also have a newsletter um, that I send out, an email newsletter, so you can subscribe and I will send out further information. And, you know, my email subscribers are always the first to know if I've got anything new happening. And I will tell you that I do have something new that I'm working on. So I'm not going to say anything just yet, but it's something I'm very excited about. Um, so yeah, if you want to have, uh, updates, please, um, yeah, hop onto my email subscriber list because I will be updating everyone there about, um, what's happening and what I've got on offer and I will see you or, um, you will hear me again in your ears, uh, in another couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all.